Hello, and welcome to Financial GPS Mama. My name's Heather Stokes, and I'm your host. We're going to talk about how to create a path to financial wellness and navigate to financial freedom. Let's face it, we don't plan to fail, we fail to plan. Through faith, focus, and financial growth, you can build a legacy. So let's get started. Hello, financially focused families. And tonight we are talking more about how to build your financial house. Tonight, we're gonna talk about the first floor of our financial house. So in review, we've talked about the foundation, we've talked about the framework, we put the roof on our house, and now we're working on our first floor, which is your emergency fund. Now, this is truly important to me because I've been through situations in years past where I didn't have an emergency fund. And when those emergencies popped up, it was catastrophic. It affected every other piece of my financial plan and put me backwards many a times, like I'm sure many of us have had. You know, you're you're floating through life, everything's great. You just got through Christmas, you just got through birthdays and everything's fine. And then all of a sudden the car breaks down and it's gonna be three grand. All of a sudden, the air conditioner goes out and it's going to be seven grand. All of a sudden, the roof is leaking and it's 30 grand and you don't have it. Well, what about the emergency fund for if something happens to you? You get in a car accident and now you can't work for several months, or maybe a pandemic hits and you're out of a job for several months or six months. That's why typically you'll see them say most financial planners and advisors should tell you that you need to have about three to six months of savings put aside that covers your bills, okay? So it's not like there's a blanket answer as you're gonna see for how much you need to have in your emergency fund because everybody's fund is gonna be different, right? You're gonna have to look at what do I really need to cover every month and how much cushion do I want to have there? Do I want to have three months? Do I want to have four months? Do I want to have six months? And what do those bills mean? And what do I need to cover? And what might be coming in the future that's going to be a bill? That's another thing to think of. If you have teenagers, if you are going to be looking at costs, that's going to include college in the future. And you want to make sure you have that covered. Sometimes our fund amount changes, you know, it's not as expensive to take care of a kid that's out of diapers and the kid that's in diapers and then vice versa. Once they're out of diapers, they're in elementary school for a while. Well, when they're in high school, there's more costs. Oh, what if they got to have a car? So our fund and how much we need to have in it changes as our life changes. So we have to keep looking and reevaluating that at times. I'm going to play a little bit of that video that we've been looking at and we'll talk about that. And then I'm going to show you a way you can work into your current budget without stressing yourself too much. Try to work up that emergency fund. Okay, so let me share screen here and we're going to minimize that. Okay, and I thought it might be good to take a minute here, a few minutes and show the video from the beginning because some people are just coming along this journey with us. They may not have seen, even though the videos are posted in the group, they may not have seen them so let's bring everybody up to speed. We're going to watch the video from the beginning. So it's going to cover our foundation, our framework, our roof, and we're talking about the first floor. Okay, so let's get started here. How often do you think about money? 
When you think about it, what do you think about? Where you want to be financially in the future? How much you earn? Your bills? Debt? Vacation? Do you think about how much you want to save or invest maybe? Most of us think about money every day. It's not that we're greedy and obsessing about it. It's just that our finances touch every area of our lives. Each of us is making vitally important decisions every day that make us either stronger financially or more vulnerable. The fact is, we are each building a financial house, whether we realize it or not. How you build your house, the choices you make, will determine where you end up financially. The goal of making wise choices is to reach a point where your money one day works for you, so you no longer have to work for your money. That's called financial independence. Ultimately, this is what we all want. It's not just a crazy fantasy that other people get to live. It's possible for you. Your dollar is just as valuable as the next person's. You can choose if that dollar disappears or if it goes to work for you. And if you make good choices for your financial house, someday you won't be looking to see how many vacation days your employer is willing to give you. You'll be deciding for yourself. If you don't have a plan and are not intentional about creating one, building your financial house is going to be like trying to build a real house without a blueprint. Not good, probably even dangerous, and I can promise you it will not lead to financial independence. And think about it. Most people spend more time planning a birthday party or a wedding than they do their entire financial future. Failing to plan is planning to fail. Your first step to building a better and brighter future is the same as with a real house. It starts with dreaming, finding a clear vision for what you really want it to look like. When you imagine the future of your financial house, what do you see? Do you want to be debt free? Help your kids come out of college or university without a load of debt? Be able to travel or have a vacation property? Or have enough money so you don't have to even think about it? Dreaming about where you want to be financially will motivate you to create a plan for how to get there. As part of this first step, it's important to discover your financial independence number. It's the most important number in our financial lives, and yet most of us have never heard of it. It's the amount of money you need to have working for you, so eventually you never have to work for money again. Knowing your financial independence number gives you a clear goal or target. If you don't know what number you're aiming for, you'll never hit it. And when you learn your financial independence number, don't be intimidated by it. It's not as out of reach as you might think. Once you know what you're aiming for, construction can begin. Step one of construction is the most important part of a house, a rock solid foundation. A strong foundation will make sure your house doesn't crumble when hit by strong winds and storms. For your financial house, we're talking about protecting your most important asset, your income. It's your income that builds your entire financial future and you protect it with life insurance. Auto insurance replaces cars. Homeowner insurance replaces houses. Life insurance cannot replace a life, but it can replace an income. Think about how important your income is to your family. If you die today, what happens to that income? It stops. But what about the bills? They keep coming. When someone dies, almost always there are those two deaths, the death of the person and the death of their income. Just imagine what happens to a family when the income stops and the bills don't. It's called a total financial disaster. 
If there's not enough life insurance, not only has their family lost a loved one, they also face losing everything that their income provided. That creates a financial nightmare. An important question to ask yourself is, if you die prematurely, would you want your family to live better, the same, or worse than they do now? Most everyone says better or at least the same, but if you're not informed, it's easy to make mistakes, which is why many of us have cracks in our foundation that we're not even aware of, which puts our families at great risk. Life insurance mistake number one is not having any or not enough. Mistake number two is having the wrong kind. Many of these policies are very expensive, leaving families underinsured, and they often have savings programs that earn low returns. Life insurance mistake number three is the most common, depending on group life insurance from your job. Many of these plans only cover you if you are actively at work, and they can be amended or terminated without your consent. Unfortunately, most people learn about this when it's too late. This foundation is the most important part of your house. Once you get it right, you can then go to step two, the frame. In your financial house, your frame is your cash flow plan. Most people call it a budget. A cash flow plan empowers us to start telling our money where to go instead of wondering where it went. It protects us from wasting money and making impulse purchases like gourmet coffee and stuff like that. It's not about how much money you make, but how much you keep. Without a plan, we spend more, borrow more, save less, often leaving us with more month at the end of our money. Get it? It can be very stressful. Most people say they easily waste $5 to $10 a day. For a married couple, that could be $300 to $600 a month. Imagine using that wasted money to instead eliminate debt and invest in your future. This can be the difference between reaching your financial independence number or having to work for the rest of your life. You can now see how vital this step is. Take control of your spending and stick to it. Now you're ready for step three, the roof. In a financial house, your roof is made up of some key legal documents, your will, power of attorney, and advanced medical directive, to name a few. These documents are critical in order to protect your assets and most importantly, your family. You wanna get a will right away because if you don't have a will, your government has one for you. You just have no say in it. For example, if both parents pass away and there's no will in place, the government will decide who raises your kids, which is the last thing we would ever want to happen. Another reason to get a will is to avoid a family feud. If you don't have a will when you die, you take the risk of family conflict, creating arguments of who gets what when you're gone. That kind of turmoil can be devastating to families. It happens often, and it's a problem that is easily avoidable. Once you've done this, you can feel good about your progress. You now have the foundation, the frame, and the roof to protect and improve your family's financial well-being. Now you can get to work on the inside of your financial house. Let's start on the first floor, which is your emergency fund. There's no escaping financial emergencies. Surprises are going to happen. A broken down car, a home repair, a trip to the emergency room, or being laid off from work. And most people admit that when their next emergency hits, they will need to go into credit card debt, or even worse, use their retirement savings for their emergency, which can be like a wrecking ball to their financial future. Just like an umbrella protects you from getting wet, 
an emergency fund protects you from that wrecking ball. It protects you from going backwards. Your goal is to have enough money saved to cover a minimum of three months and ideally six months of your living expenses. If that seems hard to do, you can begin by saving up at least $2,000. Once you pay off some debt or you are earning more, you can go back and finish setting aside the three to six months of expenses. Now let's tackle this. Okay, so that is where we are at. Let me stop the share here and talk. Okay, so looking back on that video, it's a good review if you've seen it before, but for those of you who just seen it for the first time, you're talking about, when we talk about financial freedom and financial independence, you know, sometimes it's just a thought or an idea. Well, it can actually be achieved, but you have to be intentional, just like the video said. You have to make sure you're looking at every component of what you need. Okay, like it said, a lot of people spend a whole lot of time planning weddings, birthday parties, and it's true. Say you're planning a wedding. You're not just going to say, hey, we're going to be here at this day and everything's going to be fine. No, you're going to have to work out every little detail. What are the bridesmaids wearing? What are the groomsmen wearing? What are we eating? Are we eating? Are we having an open bar? Are we having a cash bar? There's a lot of things to consider, right? And things change as you go along and you have a budget and you have to figure out what your budget is. Well, it's when you're doing your financial future, you would think we would spend more time. A lot of us get busy with life and we don't, you know, or we say, oh, I'm going to get to that. I'm, I'm going to deal with that. And that day never comes. Okay. So my hope for this series and for the, to use this video is to really break it down and get you really thinking about all the components of your financial plan. You know, a lot of times you say, oh, we'll sit down, we'll, we'll strategize through it. We'll make a financial plan. Well, what does that mean? What parts are you going to need to be prepared to talk about? What things are you going to need to be prepared to look at? Making a true financial plan that is going to be successful for your life and your family is not only intentional, but it's very detailed Right. And we have to ask a lot of hard questions. And uh, especially, you know, when husband and wife sit down together, they've, they've got to be really honest about things and, and conquer questions they don't normally want to have to ask each other. And they definitely don't want other people asking of them. But inevitably, it's for your best interest. It's for your future. It's for your children's future. Okay. So unreview quickly, and then let's move on with our, our topic for the evening, which is the emergency fund. You have your foundation, which is your income protection, right? Which you can do through life insurance, or if you already have a life insurance, you want to add additional, you want to make sure you're properly covered. Um, you know, or as you get older, moving that into investments that'll cover, that can be passed on to cover those things. Okay, then we went to the framework, which we've already talked a little bit about budgeting in our framework, right? How can we budget effectively? What do we need to be looking at? What do we need to do to change the trajectory of where we're going on our budget? How can we get out of debt, right? The goal is to be debt-free so that we are free then to start working on our, the investment side and moving towards that financial freedom and that financial independence number because debt holds us back from doing that, right? And then we talked about the roof last week. And so the roof is uh, our umbrella of protection and that roof is gonna protect our families and ourselves 
when we're older. So this roof is good for the will, estate planning, power of attorney, you know, medical directives, those type of things, getting the paperwork in place that protects everything we're doing down here, right? So if we have life insurance and we have investments and we build wealth and we want that wealth to pass on to our family or to certain people, if we don't put it in writing and we don't set up some type of directions as to how we want that divided, it's just going to go to the state. It's going to go into probate and whoever ends up getting their hands on it gets their hands on Right. And that's just crazy to think that you spent all this time and money creating wealth to be passed on either through life insurance or investments. You know, maybe you worked really hard throughout your life and maybe you were smart with investments and you could have, you know, hundreds of thousands or million dollars to pass on. But if you don't specify where it goes and your spouse dies at the same time or has already passed and those things aren't established, it literally is going to go into probate and the state's going to make all the decisions based. Which is the emergency fund. Okay. And we've all been there. Let's be honest, right? None of us, even the ones of us who are already on our way to, you know, six and seven figures down to the ones that are just making four or five figures. It doesn't matter when something you're not expecting hits. It's not fun. It's not pleasant. And sometimes it's really hard to recover from. Okay. And the best way we can protect ourselves from having to pull in out of our investments or pull out of our savings that we've been working on, you know, instead of affecting our financial plan, what we need to do is have an emergency fund. Okay. And that's, like I said before, three to six months, you know, ideally it would be six months, but at least get to the three month mark first and then start building again, just like the video said, you know, if you can at least put a couple thousand dollars aside budget to do that or do that right away and keep working your budget, keep paying off debt. And as you pay off debt, put money into investing and money into that emergency fund, which is what I recommend people to do. So say you had several credit cards as you start to pay those credit cards off, that monthly fee that you're used to paying on that credit card, you can now split it, put half to your emergency fund until it's completely funded and put half into investments because you're already used to paying that, right? And that comes down to learning how to pay off, become financially independent, and have financial wellness while working towards independence all in one time on the current budget. That's just a basic example because sometimes you tell someone, oh, I need you to go put three to six months in an account in your savings account and don't touch it. And that's like, oh, are you crazy? I, I live paycheck to paycheck as it now. I can't do that. Well, you can. You know, it's just like we talked about budgeting. You have to be intentional. You have to find the places that you can pull it from, right? And start working towards it. And then, like I said, especially if you're paying off some debts, as you pay those debts off and down, you're going to find that you have money that you're used to paying that you can then start putting in other places. And that'll make this journey more profitable if it's going into investments or more secure if it's going into your emergency fund, right? But let's be realistic, right? Let's not stress ourselves out because 
you know, setting a budget, the budget doesn't tell you what you can't do. It tells you what you can do. And that's the approach you have to take to this. It's not about what I can't do because I'm trying to save money for my emergency fund. It's not about what I can't do because I'm trying to invest for my kid's education plan. It's about what you can do once you accomplish those goals. And what I tell families all the time is, you know, they'll say, oh, well, you just sell life insurance. Oh, you just, you know, do education plans. Oh, you do financial planning. Oh, you're one of those financial people who has it all figured out. No, I don't have it all figured out, but I work hard on a regular <laughs> to make it better for myself and for others. And that's my goal here. You know, I want to see families earn more money, know how to use that money, become properly protected, and be able to have some peace of mind that they have these goals, that they're achieving these goals, that they are properly protected, that they're working towards being debt-free and financially independent. I mean, a couple of years ago, if you had told me, hey, you're going to be able to accomplish financial independence and you're going to be able to have an actual retirement and not have to rely on social security and things like that, I would have not believed you because it just didn't seem achievable, right? But once I started to put some of these very basic tools to work that I wasn't taught in college and the three degrees I have, I wasn't taught in high school, I wasn't taught by my, my parents who are great people, but I just, no one showed me how to do these things. And so that's why I have this group. That's why I sit down with families and do a complete financial needs assessment. I don't just sell them life insurance. I don't just sell them an education plan. I don't just give them an investment to invest in. You have to look at the whole picture. You have to reveal all of the, the bad things and all the good things and put it all down on paper and, and figure it out. And that's the goal. Look where you're starting. Look where you need to go. That's your budget. That's your emergency fund, you know? And look at where you want to go, okay? Where do you want to be at retirement age? Where do you want your children to be when they're starting off in life? How can you set them up for success, right? Not just giving them the knowledge and having conversations with them about money and finance, but actually having plans in place that can set them up for success and set yourself up for security. Okay. And that's what we're doing here. Feel free to contact me anytime, message me. Um, I can send you a link that we can set up a strategy session. And like I said, the most important thing is to help you get debt-free, financially independent, and be able to have peace of mind that you are on a path to financial wellness. I want to thank you for going on this journey today and commend you for taking the time to build towards your future wealth. Join me for more money tips and tricks at my Facebook group, Financially Focused Families. Follow me on Instagram, Heather's Financial Focus. Or check up with me on LinkedIn, Heather Stokes-Bitten, Legacy Builder, Wealth Navigator, your financial future has never been more important. Let's get started today.